up, bitches? It's been a long time. I... I both won and failed, Nano. I won the national challenge because I got over 50K before the end of the month, but I missed my personal goal of 100K. We're nine days out from Nano, and I hit 91,000 words today, so I'm precariously close to meeting my November goal about 15 days late. But who gives a shit, right? It's the thought that counts, and... um. All that jazz. People who participated in Nano are still riding on Rough Trade. A few of us are still, you know, hammering out our stories, and we'll be doing that through the end of, I don't know, February, whatever. Um, Tonight's uh, question came from my website. Uh, Yeah, I I clean off on March 1st for the April challenge. Uh, but I'm not sure how long I'm going to let people post to the site. It might be the end of January. It might be the middle of February. I just haven't decided. Um, and, of course, Evil Author Day does take place in February. Um, <clears throat> so, tonight's question um, comes from my website on my Ask Me Anything page. And the question is basically, would you do a radio show about how you structure and research your rituals for Harry Potter? Okay, here's the thing about, um, sometimes, like, in a story, you'll have, um, you'll have a, an event that you, that is integral to your plot, and it can be a ritual, it can be, like, say, in Ties That Bind, the exhibitions, they are actually the most thought out and planned events in Ties That Bind, of anything else that's in Ties That Bind, and, like, my plot will have, like, for instance, um, when I did Hermione's vow, there were like, okay, I had like five sentences. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And then there's going to be this ritual. And then this is going to happen. So, and then the ritual actually uh, got four or five different additional pages where I was looking up terms and, you know, what terms would I use and how would it look and all that stuff. So, you have to go into the event that you're planning, whether it's a ritual or an exhibition or a ceremony of some kind, um, a wedding, whatever you're planning for your for your story. Um, I like to approach it with some reality in my head. Like if I was literally going to do this, this is how I would do it. This is if I was going to have a ritual where I sacrificed Bellatrix Lestrange, this is how I would do it. And I um, I drew out my ritual circle, and this, and this happened in Darkly Loyal. And um, I drew out my ritual circle on a piece of paper, and I labeled where everybody would be, and I wrote down all the language that I wanted to use, and I translated it into Latin, because all my spell work in um, Harry Potter my Harry Potter stories, it comes from Latin translator. I don't even bother with anything else. Um, right or wrong, and I don't really care if I get it super wrong. I'm just depending on this translator to to help me out. And um, so I write down all my terms. I, I look at my themes, like, is it, do I need this? Do I need that? Um, in the first ritual in Darkly Lull, I researched the stones and, and what they meant, you know, what the opal means, what the sapphire means. I 
I signed direction and I based the placement of the orbs, the jewels, the sapphire, the the opal, the just all of it was based on connection with both the north, the south, the east and the west and the guardians and how they were going to be in the ritual. And I said, okay, this orb is going to hold Hermione's soul. So what is it about Hermione that needs to be represented in this particular orb? And so I went and looked up all the definitions of different jewels and picked the ones that I thought fit them. And then I moved into the ritual space and I said, okay, you know, I'm going to put the sapphire here. And it's air, so it needs to go with this element and it needs to go with this direction. And which Deathly Hallow best represents air? And I decided that it would be the cloak. And so, you know, I just, the main point in the ritual is connection and, and theme. And so when they went into this, this first ritual, there was... Um, Harry was very desperate. He was angry. He was desperate. He just <laughs> committed two cold-blooded murders. He's in a very bad place, and he's about to sacrifice his wife and his consort and his unborn son. And he's having to go into this knowing he literally has no choice, and he's going to have to let go of the child he didn't even know existed hours before. So... Knowing the character's mindset was really important going into the ritual. This is what he needs to accomplish. This is what he must accomplish. These are the tools that he needs. And I included this, the sword because, well, for two reasons, maybe maybe three. One, I needed a fourth object because there was a fourth direction. And additionally, I wanted to include um, the phoenix. I had to have the phoenix in the ritual, but he had to have purpose because I'm not sure that I could have written it in such a way that Harry outright killing a phoenix for no reason whatsoever against that phoenix's will would be would have been a terrible character moment for the character. So I had to create it in such a way that it was a natural progression of the ritual and it was... Um, Fox's choice and not something that was going to happen against his will and there's there's a plot point coming up that's actually super important to um, why I put the phoenix in the ritual and it will come to to fruition probably around chapter 22 or 23 of the work and so when you plot in advance when you when you have your whole thing plotted, there are elements in these rituals in the first ritual that that won't play out until near the end of the book or near the end of the story. So um, I had to think ahead a lot. And okay, if I put this here, if I'm going to do this here in chapter 23, what do I need to introduce in chapter one to make it work? What needs to happen in this ritual that's going to be super important later? For instance, in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, Ragnarok's wife calls Hermione Fire Witch. That has significance, but it won't play out until the middle of season two in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. She won't find out why they called her the Fire Witch 
until that point. But it's important, so I introduced it there, to build the seed not only in the character's mind, but in the reader's mind. So when I approach ritual magic in the various um, Harry Potter forms, I I wanted to build a mythos around the ho- that whole aspect of, of magic, because there is no ritual magic in the Harry Potter canon. And I always felt it was um, a deeply unexplored part of of the story, but it makes sense that she would not have, um, (laughs) it makes sense because when J.K. Rowling was asked about, uh, you know, religious people being in, um, at Hogwarts, she pointed out that there were, you know, that, that there were Jewish people there. And one thing she specifically said that there were no pagans there. And I thought that was really weird, but it, it it does make a little bit of sense when you think about all the Christian mythology that ended up in Harry Potter and and um, resurrection uh, and all those various things. And it, and in a lot of ways, uh, Harry Potter is an allegory, a, a very biblically focused allegory. And I won't go into that, um, but so and pagan ritual and paganism had a lot of ritual basis in it so it makes sense really that she would have avoided everything she could to do with that considering her I don't want to call it a bias but considering the way she just obliterated the idea that pagans would have been associated with Hogwarts in that particular quote so Uh, so that's just um, how I approached it, and when you're when you're building something, it's important to approach it in a way that you are comfortable. Because what I did might not work for you, and it might work better if you did something else, or if you approached it from a different angle. If you um, the way I approach things, I I like to build a lot of logic into it. Like when I have a work in progress called Beads on Her Feet. And there is a um, a mild kind of hobbit ritual that that happens where where Bella, um, my female version of Bilbo, um, Bella plants her nursery, and and that's where hobbits um, uh, grow their children, and she plants things. She plants various shades of tulips for a very specific reason. And the people around her bring her specific items that mean different things. And I looked up all those trees and all those flowers and all those stones. So each thing that got added to her nursery had meaning. So I do the same thing when I'm building rituals in, in, in Harry Potter when, when I'm when I'm writing about them. Each moment in that ritual has a rich meaning for me and it has a rich meaning for the plot um that it's a very it, it can be very subtle or it can be huge like i'm going to tell you up front that moment with fox in the beginning of darkly lull it is a huge moment it is, it is huge and when it hits later on it's like a sonic boom in the plot. I mean, it is just a, this very big moment in the plot. And it um, 
it will create an obvious and very public divide between Potter and Dumbledore. And that it I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> it's just that the the loyalty of that phoenix and when it changes in a very public way, it's going to have a great deal of impact. And um, we'll uh, don't don't go guessing in the chat room. <laughs> so, but yeah, the the whole point um, behind Fox being in that ritual and the reason that he showed Harry for doing it is super, super, super important. So anyway, um, all the elements that get included in a ritual that I'm building, I I include them for very specific reasons. So when when you're going into the creation of, of your own ritual, you need to ask yourself questions. Okay, what do you need to accomplish? What, as a writer... As an author, what do you need to accomplish with this ritual? What do you need to push forward in your plot? Second, what does your character need to get out of this ritual? What is their goal? Why are they creating this ritual? What parts of the ritual are important and what do you need to include what's your language what are they going to say what's the purpose um just really invest yourself in asking these questions because if the ritual isn't important to your character to your plot to your story why are you showing it at all why are you why are you putting it in your story at all. So it has to have purpose. It it has to have a a great deal of purpose. It it has to um have uh purpose just across the board. Like as um for the plot, for the character, what is it doing? Is, is it a wedding? Is it some kind of sacrifice? Are they saving somebody? Um like for instance you you'll notice that in um Hey Potter and the Soulmate Bond I did not show um, the ritual claiming of Bill's title or his vassal vow because neither one of those things were central to the plot arc of Harry Potter because the story is about Harry and Hermione. It's it's not about other people. And it was mentioned in passing that this happened because it's part of Harry's life, but it wasn't central to my plot that it be showed. So, just when you're going into a ritual, you need to determine exactly what um, you need it for, what your characters need it for, and what you need to accomplish. And, you know, draw it on a piece of paper. Make you a circle. Figure out where all your characters are going to be. Write down the language you, you think you're going to need and, and how it needs to be done. And, and write down your steps. And... Read about pagan rituals and read the way other writers create rituals and just just think about it and, and what you need to do and um, just make it a process because a ritual is a process. It has to be done a certain way. And once you've established um, the ritual method for your story, keep it the same 
in each ritual you do. Create your own continuity with with the ritual magic. So if just stay within your own world building and keep your and and follow your own rules, you know. Uh, so and if you have to break your own rules, make it clear why you're breaking them and don't break them often. That's just um, my own rule of thumb, and that's how I handle it. I um. This this show isn't going to be two hours, but I didn't know how long I was going to talk, so I just put two hours up on it um, just um, to make sure I had plenty of time and, and didn't get cut off because I hate nothing more in the world than getting cut off when I'm talking about something um, or being hung up on. I hate to be hung up on. Um, <clears throat> I want to thank everybody who bought my book. It, it's awesome. Thank you very much. Um, and I want to thank everybody who reviewed it. Um even the ones who didn't um, give me good reviews, just thank you for buying it. Whatever, <laughs> it's just a weird thing. It's so weird. Uh, I um I have been asked for a sequel by the publisher, and I'm working on that. I have a couple ideas. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be um, Jared's book, but it might be somebody else's. I don't know. I am definitely working on it, and I'm pretty excited uh so we had that to look forward in the new year i um <clears throat> like i said i passed 91k on darkly loyal today and i'll be doing um eh, i don't know if i'm gonna be doing a post here's what happened here's what happened <laughs> i have for instance, I have um, my my plot with little stars and then point star and you know like a little outline, right? And I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different plot points to put in chapter eighteen, which I'm which I was writing on the day. I have not. This is terrible. I have written two plot points for chapter eighteen, and I have ten pages. It's um. I think it's going to not be eight plot points for this chapter. I don't even know what happened because sometimes, like, you'll get going. And I did something unexpected and I had to, like, draw a little line on my notebook and add and add an event that I put in it so that I would remember where I stuck that event. And it was a, it was a surprise event. That happens sometimes even when you plot. Like, oh, look. Well, he's dead. There's another dead body got added to the body count, and there will be an add to the body count, a surprising body. Um, and uh, just some more maneuvering and lots of manipulation, and it's just really fun. But I only did two plot points and um, of my eight, and <laughs> it was really surprising. And so, yeah, I'm... I can't believe I wrote 11 pages and only covered two plot points. That's really unlike me. I just kind of got crazy. I got I got a little crazy today. I don't even know. <laughs> I think that um, I actually do have written at the front of most of my notebooks, my name, my address, my phone number, and the sentence. I'm a writer, not a serial killer, or or some variant of it. I'm not planning to kill anybody. I'm a writer. You know, because if anybody opened up one of my notebooks, the likelihood that they're going to come across a murder list is, is pretty likely. I mean, it's just, 
even if I don't kill anybody, I think about it. Because sometimes some something people will need killing. I'm just saying, Percy. I'm talking about you, Percy Weasley. I don't know why you couldn't die. Because I'm not, I just, I think that it would have been better if Percy had died. Or Ron. Instead of Fred. Come on. I got an idea. Let's give Percy and Ron to the Vale and get Fred back. <laughs> Let's do a trade. You can have <laughs> Death can have Percy and Ron, and we give back Fred and Hedwig. Or what about Dobby? That's really sad. I don't know. <gasps> Molly, you can have Molly, Percy, and Ron, and we get Fred. Hedwig and Dobby. And you can have Jenny as a bonus. <laughs> yes. Death don't want all those bitches. <laughs> anyways, anyways, so um I was working on chapter eighteen today and um I've covered two plot points and I've written eleven pages. Um it's I just, I don't even know what to do with myself, because that's not what I intended to do, because I intended to reveal Harry's animagus form in Chapter 18, but that's um, not going to happen. Um, so, uh, there we go. She should have totally killed Ron. I mean, she should have totally killed Ron. Now, I'm a Harry Hermione shipper, so I would much prefer... But you know what? Fred is ten times the choice that Ron is. So I could have lived with Hermione marrying Fred. Over Ron. I'm still not on board with that old Harry Jenny thing. Harry Luna would have been great. Would have been awesome. Yeah, Fred is at least clever and motivated. So, yeah, I appreciate someone who works hard. Um, Ron's a waste of paper and ink and magic and imagination. And, oh, don't get, don't get me started. I could spend a whole hour bashing that character. <sighs> it's just terrible. Anyways, um, this is also a good time to point out, um, and... I'm not going to say any names or point out anybody. I don't think that person's in the chat room. If they are, they're anonymous. Okay, listen. Here's the thing. I, as a writer, I want you to know that um, when readers get creepily, personally, intimately invested in my work, it makes me deeply uncomfortable. And I don't mean if you check my website every day. I don't mean that. Or if you stalk me on social media. I don't even mean that. I mean when you leave comments like you're angry at my characters and like they're real. And you... It's a little creepy, okay? It's just a, it's a little creepy, Um that level of investment. And if you have that level of investment, it's just best if you keep it to yourself. I'm just trying to... This is just a my own personal public service announcement. Just... That's creepy. Don't be creeper. I mean, I'm just... It's really fucking creepy, okay? I mean, you know, I'm just strolling along, doing my business, 
approving comments, and then there's this one comment. And I was like, oh, oh, I don't even, what? <sighs> really, dude? Because, like, totally that is like a fictional person, and that didn't actually happen. Are you fucking serious? I mean, and, it, and if it happened just once, you could dismiss this. But when it happens over and over and over again, and then they email you, and they they cuss out characters like they're real, and you just, you, come on now. Um, if you get that invested in a piece of fiction, keep that shit to yourself, okay? It's just best for everybody. Because I've got a list of people that are a little creepily invested in my work. And um, I, uh, I'm i just really glad that they don't know my real name and where I live. I can cuss out my own characters. That's a different, that's a different situation. But when you've got a reader coming to your site and they're deeply, like, so invested in your work, you wonder if they no longer know where the line between reality and fiction is. And you're like, really? Really? Please don't find my house. even know just please don't find my house um this is a person that if they knew your name they would they would like fucking google you and they would fucking get on google earth and look at your house it's that's those people and if you're one of those people bless your heart please don't google me and and google earth my house i just just don't that's all i'm asking if you hear a crinkling noise, that is the rapper from A Little Debbie Cake, and I regret nothing. It's one of those oatmeal pie things. I'm going to, um, eat it and shut up. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Please don't build a shrine in my honor. <laughs> You know, that's the thing, because um, I actually, uh, I don't even know. I have a, um, I have, in my life, um, I have actually had um, an instance where somebody stalked me, and um, I was, like, uh, really surprised. I was like, dude, really? Because I'm not even famous. Come on now. <laughs> Why don't you go stalk somebody who's famous? Because... <laughs> I don't got time for this shit. And it was really weird. It was really weird to be the object of somebody's obsession. And um, I think I do have some readers that are precariously close to that. And it does make me deeply uncomfortable. So um, just... I'm not opposed to a sacred dildo shrine. I'm not opposed to you reading my site every day. 
I'm really, I'm actually totally on board with the whole sacred dildo shrine. I am totally on board with that. If you have a sacred dildo shrine, you need to take a picture of that shit and send it to me because I need to see this. I need to see the sacred dildo shrine. If you if you've got one, you've got to send pictures. I'm so serious. But um, just <laughs> sometimes writers in fandom get a following, and um, I acknowledge my following. Um, I recently topped nine thousand members on my website. Isn't that crazy? Uh, nine thousand one hundred eighty-two as of yesterday, maybe. I don't know. Um. But it's, so I understand my following, and I appreciate everybody who reads, and I appreciate everybody who comments, and everybody who bought my book. I just, I'm, I super appreciate it, and the donations that I get from my site are awesome and very welcome, and they're very helpful. I totally appreciate it across the board. But don't be creepy. That's all I ask. And don't drink all the rum. And don't post cock on my Facebook group. Come on now. <laughs> the rum is never gone. <laughs> so, you know, that's just a thing. That's just a thing. I'm going to put Lady Holder on because she ain't been on a while either. So I think I am. I pushed the button. Yes, you <laughs> you you did, it, and it it worked. So <laughs> that's funny. I took my so site like it didn't work. Wait, weird. Okay, so I checked my site for the the followers by email because you mm-hmm. know I don't have the the login like you have. Mm-hmm. I have five hundred and sixty email followers. That's cool. Okay, yeah, it's incredibly weird. Um, <laughs> and it's it's um. Yeah, I I sit here and I look at that and I just wow. Yeah. Um I don't think I quite obsess about your stuff, although I will admit I really do reread everything a lot. <laughs> um Well, I don't have a series bible. I've never set one up and and you've never shared one with me, so rereading is how I keep you know, um how I keep everything in place in my head. Um Rum is fine. I think I'd rather have the have um, amaretto, but whatever. What's, uh, what's really interesting lately is that I've gotten mm. um, when I went members only, I thought that it would slow what? down the number of new readers, but it's actually uh-huh. increased the number of new readers. Um, totally surprised me. Between twenty and forty new readers a day. I don't. I add two or three sometimes. Um, it's normally. About two or three a week at this point. It's just really weird because, and I can tell they're new readers because they're going through the site and like, 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 oh, this was it's awesome. Like, like, like. It's four years old. Yes. I'm like, oh, really? Uh, why are you reading that? And then, and then they're just, they're all super excited. And there's one who is systematically devouring my site and commenting on everything. And I'm like, really? Welcome to Kira Land or something. I don't know. It's just yes. it's really craziness. It's really craziness. And I um, actually kind of expect that person to wander because you know you and I are are fairly hooked in with each other's sites, so I expect them to wander over to me. You know, so I, I should be getting likes soon too because um, <laughs> yeah. mine, mine, seem, mine seem to come in waves. 
you know, um, as far as, as, you know, stuff happening, I went and, you know, I, I actually, I didn't hit nano, the official nano goal, but I finished my story before November was over. So I'm, I'm very happy at that. I was at 48,000 words. So I figure with editing, I'll blow past 50 easily. Yeah. And, yeah. And I decided that in the interest of letting my mind rest on the story, I opened up one of my old ones. And I had one which was um, On the Wings of Unexpected Change, which was a Stargate Atlantis one where John turns into a wolf. Um, I opened it up. It was 41,000 barely words, I think. It's now Mm -hmm. at 426 because I'm sitting here. I'm Yeah, I'm just plowing plowing through, putting all the words in that I missed, you know. (laughs) I can't can't be, yeah, (laughs) editing is a great thing. Um, I don't know if I'm going to hit 50 on this one or not. It'll take some interesting adding to do it, but I'm hoping to get this one finished before the new year. So, you know, maybe I'll have something to add to, you know, my site. Because I was awful light on, on posting this year. But we'll see what I can do for next. What's <laughs> what's really fun and interesting to me is that um, I imagine somebody brand new to my site, you know, getting like, a membership like and, and just just imagine. Because you found a new author and you like them and they have over a million words written. It's like fucking Christmas. I wish I could find it somebody is. like that. I was like, really? Point me towards one. Because I would love to have I would love to find a new writer and then them have like a million words already published. It it's like fucking Christmas. It would be great. I would is, love that. The thing is, is you you and I giggle over the fact that I'll sit there and you'll say, you know, I'm doing this writing challenge. I figure I'll make it to 75,000 words. I look at your <laughs> idea and I normally double it. Just, you know, <laughs> oh, flat I, out. That's not going to happen. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. I'll look at you guys. I'll, um, I'll see your guys' summary in, in Rough Trade and I'll, I'll, I'll look at your plot points. And I'm thinking, bitch, you're not going to get 10,000 words there. That's 100K. What are you thinking? <laughs> I manage. I hate the last one that I had that was an actual, you know, had to be 10,000 words, I made it at exactly 10,000 words. <laughs> okay? That took some doing. But, you know, 50,000 words, I was actually under. I'm very happy with me. But, you know, it's it's not... Well, you know, actually, my official from that one is 2,218,000 words. Just, I mean, just... I was like a bitch. Find a new writer like that. Just you know, you find somebody um, that you never read before, and and you log into their site, and they got two million words for you to read, and you're like, what, what, where have I been? Where have you been? Oh my god, I love the, you. The thing, <laughs> the thing is, is I do have an author I know who has upwards of between her two sites over a hundred thousand words and or a hundred million words. I'm thinking, I just don't want you to read her because I know that there are things in there that will trigger you. And yeah. I'm very leery about giving you the author, not because um, I think you're going to, you'd read everything, but because I know that there's stuff buried in Did there. Did you say a hundred million? Yeah. A uh, uh, hundred yeah. million. It wouldn't surprise me between the two sites, if between 50 and 100. And it's not one author, it's more than one author. It No, it's one author. Yeah, I think you broke my brain. 
Uh, I'm from, yeah, I think I broke a couple I'm, people. The particular person I in, that I, and Julie, I put in. You, you broke Julie's too? Yeah. Uh-huh. And Finnis. Um This particular author that I know of, she is disabled, and she's got one of those, I don't know if it's a condition, a a disturbance in the force or whatever, but she can have a 100-page date where she sits there and manages to churn out a 100 pages in a day. Wow. And over probably the last 10 years, has managed to put out probably about every month multiple stories where some of them are over 100,000 words. Yeah. And she does series. I know there's there's one series with over 50 parts, and the, the, the parts themselves average between ten to 50,000 words each. Yeah. She's, she basically stays with um, her main character is normally always Xander from Buffy. But she this sits is, there and she plays about veracity, every... Right? Yes. Hey, on her eFix site, she has um, three and a half million words. Okay. But I didn't look at the other site. And I don't read Veracity because um, while I do think she's very talented, she does have things in it that would make me unhappy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yes. The older, but she's super the talented, side... and if you're a, mm-hmm. if you're someone who's hardy and who doesn't have any triggers um, um, or you can handle material that has consent issues and that kind of mm-hmm. thing, then I definitely recommend that you read her because I have read a little bit but I I just stop for that reason. Mm-hmm. Um but um she's she's quite talented. Very talented and and, and very prolific. She has two sides. <laughs> oh yes. And still churning out stuff. And, you know, I'm sitting there and I this is one of those that I'll go by on a daily basis. There's a set of, of um sites that I open and hers is one of them and you know off we go so um, the older site has most of the the stuff Um, the new site that one's that one is um, the the newer of the two and it doesn't have quite as much It is very definitely um, read at your own risk. But, you know, it's an amazing thing that she'll sit there and, and plow through so much. Lots and lots I don't know, a hundred million words? I, I don't... I think, I don't... I a hundred million. (laughs) Okay, there's a reason I'm saying this because there's one that is one series that is seventy parts. All right, the alternate 
is, I don't even know how many parts that is. Oh, 67 to end. Um, so about the same number of parts. Azure. Okay. Azure. 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 Is how you say that. Um, uh-huh. She, she sacrificed a harpy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding, but I'm Southern, and that's oh. why you're Southern. I'm related to a few, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, no, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not doubting you. I just, a hundred million words. I'm like, but I got a hundred pages a day for the last ten years, then. That's a lot of pages. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fucking pages. Mm-hmm. So it's um yeah there's um I don't think she does it every day but I think unfortunately she's one of those writers who when she gets on a roll you know that's what she does so yeah oh and and you know just so you know I really truly do reread everything I mean it's <laughs> it's ridiculous how how much I do that. You were like, no, you didn't do that in that story. You did that in this story over here. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's well, what happened there. <laughs> That's uh-huh. not what happened in that story. What were you thinking? Now, because I do write um, in a lot of various AUs when I'm, if I've left something alone for a little bit, I do have to reread it before I start writing. So when I get ready mm-hmm. to start writing season two of Sentinels of Atlantis, I will do a reread of, of Sentinel season uh, of the first season just to make sure I'm on the right mindset and mm-hmm. same thing when I'm doing Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond I'll usually read the two chapters before if I'm having you know an issue or something or just you know to keep myself familiar with with the entire content and so that I don't make um big astronomical continuity. mistakes and continuity issues oh. and um the the fun one for me is if I'm if I know ahead of time that you're planning on getting something done, you know, Soulmate Bond or or Sentinels of Atlantis or whatever, I'll read the whole series. You know, and lucky for me, I read fast, so <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing. Um, so I'll I'll go back through it, and sometimes you know I'll catch stuff, and it's like you know, trying to to um, trying to remember to make sure that you know. When I get this as the whole document, you have to look here, 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 and here. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you have to write down birthdays and make sure that you actually get ages right. 
I am so terrible at that. I'm I'm confess that. I am terrible with that, especially yes. in Stargate. Patrick, um, Patrick was not sixteen. Shut up. Oh shut up. Oh my God. Let it go. <laughs> oh <laughs> Old argument. Oh God, I'm old argument. From, um, I'm gonna refrain from singing. You're welcome. Um but anyway, uh Oh yeah, this is an old argument we have a lot. But or you know, a lot. first this, this is terrible. Okay, the first time, um, like the second or third draft of No Enemy Within, we had to like spend two <laughs> hours trying to figure out how many people were on Atlantis. I mean, like literally, how many, and it was like, okay, in this chapter you said this many, in this chapter you said this many, and this many came through the gate. It was a fucking nightmare. And, and then, then there was okay different numbers. Yes, and then then we're sitting there going, okay, and in the 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 um, actual you know pilot episode, we saw about this many people, and we figured that this many people came through, and we weren't looking. And damn it, they didn't bring enough shit with them. And, <laughs> and what? How the hell are they going to eat? And it became this whole thing. So yeah, sometimes that's, math is not. That's what two hours went through. <laughs> oh God, we had good times with that. You know, it's no twerking. There is no twerking. I, I'm going to put down the no law. Twerking. There is no twerking in Minion Land. Number oh, one, twerk. Don't twerk. I, I couldn't twerk because I'm too old for that shit. Um, I'm a hundred percent done with shaking my ass at, at this point in my life. I'd well, like actually, to be. I'll reach out and I'll reach out. Sorry to all my me, male I, minions I, for listening. I apologize. No, yeah, I'm well, not I, sorry at all. I wish my period would go away and never come back. Uh, okay. Um, there's some days I want to reach out and just, you know, grab my ass and shake him until he, you know, gets his head on straight, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> my husband, you got my husband. He is I've not a, met little your husband. Bit, a little bit older than me. Yeah. And, um, he's, sometimes, sometimes he'll do something so cantankerous and ill-tempered, I think to myself, this is what he's going to be like as a little old man. And I get so amused. I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to love that little old man. I'm <laughs> expecting... Great. <laughs> I'm expecting my not-so-little old man, because mine is almost, Jesus, criminally, mine's um, eight inches taller than me. <laughs> um, I'm expecting mine to be, you know, leaning against the wall, shaking his cane as as he's you know, huffing at the, the, the idiots on, you know, out front, you know, you dumbass kids, get off my lawn. You know, it's just like, yeah. You know. When you get older, you you have arguments about stupid shit. Like, we had an argument about a blanket. A blanket, okay? So even, like, weeks later, if he brings something up, like, would you, I said, it's just about your blanket. <laughs> just I was dating him, and I got my wisdom teeth removed, and he didn't come visit me. I got to see my then boyfriend at the at the store because I, he was at the store at the same time I was at the store. He didn't come visit me. We've been dating. Now, that was, hmm, um, 18 and a half years ago. I still bring it up. 
motherfucker. <laughs> you weren't nice to me when I was sick. Now, you know, I get sick, I get I get my, my medication, I get chicken soup, I get my pillows fluffed. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time I got my wisdom teeth removed? <laughs> That's a that's a rule of thumb, guys. If there are any men listening, bitches don't forget. Oh, and a real no. bitch will bring that shit up twenty years later. <laughs> I'm cruising towards it really hard. <laughs> you know, there's there's shit. My parents have been married for forty two and a half years. Somewhere in the first year of marriage, my mom made my dad hockey pucks for dinner. <laughs> hockey pucks had started out life as some really nice pork chops <laughs> and her mother told her that when you cook pork you cook it well because you know you have to be careful oh gosh so she made a nice set of hockey pucks um i don't think dad ate them pause ancestor okay. just told the whole chat room he's about to get naked Woohoo! good for you don't, Don't forget to shake your ass. <laughs> and if you have to reach out and grab it. <laughs> reach out and grab it. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm obviously easily amused this evening. Um, hey, whatever works, right? But um, you know, just uh, I got nothing. I don't even know what I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the to the ritual thing. Okay. Um, there, yeah, we are dirty old broads. Um, <laughs> and you're a fine one to talk as. You're older than the both of us. Um, I'm not the one who has a fucking collection of cocks on um Tumblr. Well, that's why we have ads. Okay. Um, what I was going to say is there are there are a lot of um, how-to guides or or you know uh, intro to ritual guides out there. Um, <laughs> most of them are um, related to or surrounding uh, Wicca or or paganism. But if you if you don't want to go wandering into that particular subsection of books because of either personal um, comfort level or um, family or just you know it just ap- does absolutely nothing for you, honestly look at the, at Catholicism and um, and how they do mass because that is a ritual. Also, interestingly enough. Um... I have read several books on voodoo. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if paganism bothers you, and voodoo could be interesting. Um, I don't <laughs> recommend you read too deeply into hoodoo, and I'm not going to answer any questions on that. Um, tread carefully, and um, don't actually visit a voodoo priestess. <laughs> and this yeah. is me atheist saying that. Don't visit a voodoo priestess and ask them questions. Um, just don't. I watched The Skeleton Key. 
I was, oh, what the fuck did I just watch? You have to watch The Skeleton Key. If you have not seen The Skeleton Key, I demand you go watch it. I don't even care if you have to buy it on Amazon or whatever. Watch it. Oh, my God. It will fuck you up to the very last minute. And you'll be like, whoa, what? Mm -hmm. (laughs) The very end. But I do think, apparently there's a, honestly. There may um, be a second one coming out. Honestly, I have, um, when it comes to my, my ritual magic and, and how I write it, I am deeply influenced by by voodoo, by Catholicism, by paganism, by the Wicca rituals. I've, I've read it all. Um, mm-hmm. I did have a hard time sleeping after the skeleton creed. I, I um, yeah, I, I fully admit that. It was a little more fucked up than I was anticipating. But I highly recommend that you watch it. I do. Because um, sometimes you got to watch something fucked up. <laughs> if I want to watch something fucked up, I'll go watch... feel better about your life. Excuse me. If I want to go watch something fucked up, I'll go watch the first Star you know, Star Wars number one. That's fucked up. <laughs> you know? It's kind of like when you go to Walmart in the middle of the night and you're like, oh, thank God I'm normal. <laughs> I'm just... Oh, yeah. Puts things in perspective. Oh, just it just Y'all. really puts things in perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, hey, I'm going, I'm going to confess something, and you guys cannot judge me or hold it against me. I can I laugh? Don't hate the prequels. Are we sure we're friends now? It's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I, mean, I like the pod race scene. Scenes. They're not. I think um, that's absolutely cool. I don't think they're bad. I, they're not as good as the the original trilogy, and I'm, I'm not trying to say they are, but I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people make them out to be. I I really don't. I've seen way worse things than the than the prequel trilogy. I, I really have. I've seen way worse things. The production values are great. The special effects are, are awesome. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Darth Maul. Um, oh, yeah. I like the third one. Um, I do like the third one a lot. And I don't particularly like the first one. It isn't my favorite. I don't like the kid. Um, uh, and I really don't like the person who played Anakin at all, really. Uh, just It just wasn't a good fit. Um I but I don't hate them. I, I don't hate any of them. Um I um I don't even hate Jar Jar. I just think he's a little racist. Um and that's like saying he's a, a little annoying, right? <laughs> oh god. I don't that... hate them. I don't hate the prequels. Now, if I had to go downstairs and watch a Star Wars movie, the prequels wouldn't be my first choice or my third. 4, 5 and 6 <laughs> all the way, baby. I think my favorite um, is The Empire Strikes Back. So. Um, honestly, my, my favorite is probably Return of the Jedi. Really? Yeah. Because when I was little, the Ewoks were cute. As an adult... 
kind of annoying. I'm going to put that out there. They're not as annoying as Jar Jar Binks, but... Um, uh-uh. Jar Jar, Jar Jar, I want to tie his, his tongue in a knot. Um, um, they look like little cannibals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're, uh, they're, they're very creepy. Um, but, you know, no. I don't... Like I said, I don't... I don't actually hate any Star Wars movie. My least favorite of the Star Wars movies would be Phantom Menace. Um, mm-hmm. But although uh, I that that pod racer scene, that that whole race is just that was really cool. I think that was <laughs> the like best. Possessed build a bear workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to stuff them and put their little hearts in and, and <laughs> their bellies? I do love Build-A-Bear. <laughs> I, I would go to Build-A-Bear if they had Ewoks. I would get one. But you know what Build-A-Bear really needs? Tribbles. No. I would get oh, a God. triple. I would totally get a triple. Because you could get I've one. Triple. You get a little heart. I have a triple too, but I could get one from Builder Bear and you could put a little heart in it and it would, it would beat. Would you want it to actually sit there and, and you know, purr at you as well? <laughs> yeah, well, my my current triple will do that. Thank you. I know. So does mine. Yeah. You know? Um, Empire Strikes Back gets me because it's it's such a a they're doing their absolute screaming damnedest and they still don't come out fully ahead and it bothers me. Oh, you don't like the reality of it. <laughs> well it's it's not it there's partially that, but there's also the whole um having this incredible urge to reach through the, the, the you know, the magic of celluloid and smack the shit out of Luke. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, in retrospect, <sighs> the Empire Strikes Back does have the one moment in the entire Star Wars trilogy that makes me go, oh, God. And it didn't until I watched The Return of the Jedi because we didn't know, did we? And then we watch the Return no! of the Jedi, and now every time we watch Empire Strikes Back, we know that there is Leia kissing her brother oh, on the mouth, her twin brother on the mouth. And then he's all smug about it, like he's happy. Oh, God, just stab me. Right? <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think they got told that they were supposed to be playing twins in that movie. Oh, God. No, no, they were not. They were not told. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine their face when they got the script for Return of the Jedi? They're like, "What make us do?" George, you made us the end. Wait a second! Wait a second! In that last film, we we holy shit! <laughs> We're just sky cessed. <laughs> oh God! Oh yeah. I'm anyway, actually wondering anyway, how, how Han didn't have twin fantasies. Whatever. That is the, the one moment um, in Star Wars that you go, oh, shit. And it, not even like when Anakin gets set on fire do you go, oh, shit. But that moment when Leia... Actually, the thing with Anakin... On Luke, you're like, oh, fuck, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? <laughs> Excuse me. 
at that point in in um, movie number three, as far as the, the 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 numbers go, when Anakin got set on fire, my whole reaction was to do the the whole you know arms up, hands in the air, going whoop, burn, baby, burn. That. I was, I was so ready for Anakin to become. <laughs> What's really awesome about the Star Wars experience that I that I had is I saw all the prequels in the theater with a full house, and mm-hmm. when he did that, <sighs> the whole audience yeah. stood up. You're like, hell yeah! <laughs> so oh, yeah. We've been waiting three fucking movies for this. It was yes. awesome. It so great. It was such a great yes. moment. Like, wow. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. I fucking loved it. There there are things of, that that you you build up to that you really 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 enjoy. And I mean, I just wow. You know, um there's very few movies where we actually get what amounts to the second half of the story first and then the prequels are done right all right um the only other set that i know of is um the hobbit and and lord of the rings yeah and there's things in that that it's just you know i sit there and i look at and and i all i can think of is thank you for fan fiction and by the way, do you realize I, neither of us do anything with Star Wars fan fiction? I don't write Star Wars fan fiction. Um, it just doesn't really appeal to me at all. Monsters, Inc. is another one, apparently. Um, Star Trek is a reboot. The new ones, at least. Um, my favorite Star Trek movie of all time has got to be four, The Voyage Home. Really? Yes. Why are we friends again? <laughs> <laughs> you know why it is? Look, even Julie say really. <laughs> yes. No, it's it. I don't care about the preachiness of it. My reaction to it is watching these guys pretend to be 23rd, 24th century humans in 1980s San Francisco. All right. <laughs> I went to it. I was in the 80s in San Francisco, and my reaction to it was the big eyes and the holy shit, what the hell am I looking at? And these guys are doing that, and it's just like, it was, it was, it's fantastically amusing now as an adult. All right. It was funny as a kid. Okay. Um, my favorite one is uh, favorite line on there is always going to be, you know, somebody remember where we parked. <laughs> My favorite line in that movie is "Double dumbass on." <laughs> yes, double dumbass on you. Yes. <laughs> that makes me laugh my ass off every single fucking time. Um, well, I would say my favorite Star Trek movie is "Undiscovered Country." <clears throat> Bar none across the board it is the best Star Trek movie ever made. Um, for me. Um, I really, really enjoy The Wrath of Khan, but I have not been able to watch it since Leonard Nimoy died. I did watch it oh and I cried the last ten minutes. I, it was ugly cry. I had to turn it off. I cannot I might not ever be able to watch it again. It was so terrible. 
So then I immediately watched the search for Spock so I could pretend learning more was still with mm-hmm. us. <laughs> it was yeah. terrible. Oh. But it makes it but it I really actually, packs it just like punches you in the face when you watch the Wrath of Khan now because you know he's gone mm-hmm. and oh it's so terrible. That last scene where they they Amazing Grace plays on the bagpipes and they're all don't don't talk about saying goodbye. Things there's not, you know, the bridge crew is going. Sorry. Oh, oh God. Oh, it's so yeah. fucking terrible. Okay. Um, on to other movies. Movies but that, no, that I'm worst, actually kind of... We have to talk about the worst Star Trek movie. Oh, God. Which one are we going on to? The the one well, with... Well, what, with um, well, what do you think's the worst one? What's the one with the Romulan and, and you know, in the original Klingon... Or, or, no, it's the Klingon. It's the... In, Shakespeare and the original Klingon? Um, yeah. I don't think that was on Discovery Country. No. Yeah, I agree. Nemesis sucked, but that's Next Generation. The Fifth Element. That one's fun. That one is just multi-pass. <laughs> I the actually don't want to multi-pass. is the worst original Star Trek movie. <laughs> yes. The final frontier. Um, <clears throat> yes, bar That's none. the worst of the original series. Nemesis is easily the worst <laughs> generation movies. The going back to Fifth Element, the actual one thing I want out of that flying cars are cool. Um, what I actually want is that thing where she pours this this thing of what looks like pills into a bowl sticks it into a uh, machine, nukes it for a couple seconds, and comes out with a full meal. I'm I saver. really I want that. But my favorite part of Fifth Element when it comes to the food was a little dude that came to his window and made him food. That yes. awesome. <laughs> Come to my house, yes. little Chinese man, and make me dental sauce chicken. <laughs> that mm-hmm. would be fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do but, like but, but, the but, nail box. That would be really awesome that you could change the oh, nail polish. Oh, yeah. That would be really that slick. That would be cool. Um, but I think that when it comes to, like, nail technology, um, that my favorite nail tech in a sci-fi movie was in um, uh, Total <laughs> Recall, the original one. Because she had a little pen, and she was just changing her polish with the pen. You remember that? That was fucking No, cool. I don't. That was I'd, have to, I'd have to go watch, rewatch that one because it's been... She's the receptionist in the Total Recall Center. And she has a little pen, and she's just touching her nails and changing the color. Huh. Slick as shit. Yeah. Things to think about. Um, Lilu also had that one, it looked like the the, the little um, clicker box where, or, that, that she had where you looked through it and, and aimed it at a bright light and you saw a scene. I don't remember what they were called. They were picturamas or something. And she she clicked it and it put her makeup on. I know. Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> the Damn. Mask, I want mascara. <laughs> yes, I want the nail box and I want the makeup thingy because do you yeah. know how easy my morning would be. I know, oh my right? god. You know. <sighs> you know, tuck it into your purse. You, everything was great. You know, you 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never get smoky um, eye either. It's always like smoky and the bandit. 
Yeah, the closest I come to smoky eye is if I enter a bar and it's got it's got smoke. That's about as close as I'm getting. It, it ain't happening the other way. Yeah, I was in the same scene with microwave. I do, I do um, really enjoy her um, her whole chicken cone out of that microwave though. That that was you know pretty mm-hmm. great. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, I made cinnamon rolls from scratch last night. I hate you. They turned really? out awesome. Um, God I damn it. I may have overcooked them slightly, um, but I really, really enjoyed them. Um, I did, yeah, I did frost them with cream cheese. Um, Of course. Cream cheese glaze. I I used the recipe from Laura Vitale on um, YouTube. I highly recommend her. Awesome. I I love to watch her cook because she makes things really simple and easy. And mm-hmm. her recipe was really awesome and easy to follow. And it, it that's what it was supposed to do. And um, she really she really enjoys food. And she's self taught, so she doesn't make you feel like an idiot if you mm-hmm. you know when you're working through techniques. And she shows you how she does things versus how you know they might be done in a more complicated way. And I watched several um, videos on making cinnamon rolls, and hers was the one that made the most sense. Um, so, yeah, Laura Vitale, and she's on um, YouTube. And if, you are, if you're if you on my Facebook, you'll you'll see me liking her videos every once in a while. And that's <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Um, do you realize uh, we're probably going to have a, a new avatar in the next probably five years? Huh. Yeah. Let's hope I have no idea if it's going to be worth it. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the special effects Fern are beautiful. You know, as, much, as much as I enjoyed Fern Gully, you know, um, I wouldn't want to. Fucking Pandora. I mean, I'm just okay, saying. Rock. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind a different story with the same awesome visuals. I'm I'm just saying, you know, um Alien Pocahontas was fine, but um let's just put some thought into that next story. Well, the thing I found interesting was that, you know, their brainstem went out through their tail and came yeah. Yes. Yes it was. You know, but their brainstem went out their tail and waved at them from the other end. You know, that was you know that was what? an interesting thing to you realize. Know what's really creepy about Avatar, what? and once I say this, you guys will never be able to unthink it. It's going to be a part of your headcanon for Avatar forever. So you don't, if you don't, you've, you got, can you've done this to me a lot. To turn my radio show off right now, five, four, three, two, one. That same tail they use to connect to the animals they ride, they use to have sex with. Multifunctional, aren't they? <laughs> now my brain needs scrubs. Thanks. I, I that's, just that's bestiality, people. <laughs> you know, they're having brain sex with those fucking flying things and the things they ride around on, and they hook their naughty <laughs> sky lizard. That's absolutely. <laughs> And their horses, okay? And he hooked it into a tree, too. See, this is just a, it's just one big masturbation story. I mean, yeah, he's getting freaky on with just about everything. Hey, add to the fun. Do you also realize that uh, the Navi 
which, you know, this is really sad considering it's been years since I watched the bloody movie, they only have four fingers, you know, thumb and three actual fingers, and yet the the semi-humanoid people have five. It says, and the tree that connected him to the rest of them, and there was an orgy. There absolutely was yes. a big alien planet tree orgy thing, animal navi orgy. He fucked uh-huh. the planet. <laughs> and did you see how often that thing was pulsing? They were having a good time. <laughs> I'm just saying. They hooked their naughty <laughs> up to the, to the tree, to the horse, to the, the flying sky thing. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> and now, the next time you watch Avatar and they stick their tail in something, or when he's yeah. playing his tail when he first gets it. Yeah, no finger bowls to clean everything. I'm just saying. Just uh-huh. saying. I, Oh yeah, it's a, it's a little dirty. And the cat. I don't think Cameron thought about that. I don't think Cameron thought about that. I think Cameron totally thought about that. Oh, well, they can't okay. do the sex scene. She, okay, so how are we going to do the sex scene? Oh, just put your tails together. Oh, <laughs> gotta love it. <laughs> <laughs> Just in my horse. And now it's in your girl. Okay, so there you go. Uh Insanity brought to you by minions. I don't even, I'm not even sorry. Me either. And I'm not even going to warn for it on my description. It's just going to, people will just be, a year from now, they'll be going through my podcast and, oh, look, you know, we're on rituals and they'll click (laughs) it. Sorry. And and then yeah, they'll get this. So here's another one, um, another thing you and I, or at least I mentioned to you um, a while ago. I got the the last Hobbit, which I don't think you'll ever buy, or if you do, you'll only watch the behind-the-scenes stuff. <laughs> and or I'll watch it to the last 20 minutes and stop. Uh-huh, <laughs> pretty much. And so I, I was watching ever the, after. Amen. So I was watching the behind the scenes stuff and there's a scene in there where Kate Blanchett goes, you know, you know I, I, I want to still be involved with this movie. You know, I still want to do things and all. And she apparently sent in a headshot and the designers, the, the guys who do all the concept drawings did a concept drawing of her as a female dwarf. Now, Going through this, there's a really, really quick scene where we see a picture of these. And I looked at that thing, and I looked at the picture that I had of of Kate, and I really think they picked Kate for these, which would work because Feely's a blonde. Right. He's only blonde there, but he's a blonde. All right. So. <laughs> Then it's still going on Avatar. I'm trying to get us to that. Well, I do agree <laughs> that the space horse sex is still less squiggy than the incestuous orgy facilitated by a tree. <laughs> and to make it even worse for you people, do you realize that everybody was doing the space orgy with the tree? It wasn't everybody? just the people. It was the space horses and the other trees and the flowers no, and the bees. It was, it was it was everybody, which meant that every single one of the Navi was plugged into the ground and having 
Yeah, They're, and so the animals. Yeah. Everything living on Pandora was hooked up to that tree, which <laughs> makes it officially the biggest, biggest orgy, orgy ever? ever put on film. Oh, the tree scene fucked up a lot of people. Um, I'm staring over at my movie. I, I don't even bother. It's not worth the effort. Oh, they're apparently also thinking about trying to do um, Dragon Riders of Pern. I've seen that, but I've seen something else, and it's a tragedy. Last time I saw anything with, with Dragon Riders of Pern, was 10, 15 years ago, and it, it sucked. And that got killed because Anne yanked her, her sponsorship for it and basically went off humming, follow la la fuck you. Um, the problem we have is we've got Todd now. And I don't know if he's going to have enough but not to fuck it up. I think it's going to suck. I'm going to put that out there right now. I, I think it's going to suck. But we must discuss another travesty that's about to happen on TV. Oh. They're really? going to reboot Dirty Dancing into a fucking Saw TV that. musical. Saw that. You know, it's, a, it's amazing what actually pops up on Facebook in my feed because I don't actually have TV anymore. Don't um, watch that shit, people. Do not watch that uh-uh. shit. Do not sully the memory of Patrick Swayze by watching that shit. It, those hips were just, oh, they didn't lie. They were sex on a stick. You know? Damn, the man could dance. Just no. Just just don't even, don't even, no. Jilly, the reason why is because of what I just said. Because you have dancing and you have good-looking men and good-looking women and sex sells. And dancing is basically and they upright apparently- sex with clothes can't write anything original so they have to go back and redo and reboot yeah, and reboot and reboot and reboot. That's, and reboot. that's really disgusting. I am I am actually um, you, you know where you the, the, the train wreck routine where you've got your hands over your face with just this little slit so you can barely see out? Yeah. And that's what I've got that's what I've got aimed over at Stargate because the original writers have it back. And I don't trust I am them. not watching the new Stargate movies. I'm not going to either. They're not getting my money. I'm not I, read their, I read their sequels. I don't I don't like I, the books. Um, oh, I hate it. My them. husband has them on audio, and I fucking hate when he listens to them. Um, I don't appreciate their fucking ugly-ass um, behavior uh, and their mm-hmm. dismissal of something <clears throat> that I happen to have loved. So fuck them, and they're not getting my money. I don't even watch the original hoping, anymore. Um, the original is still kind of fun for me. I actually am kind of hoping that I. some of the stuff that's popped up on my feed has said that Joe is still trying to get SGA. I wish him luck. You know, I really do, because I think if he managed it, it would be in some ways like Doctor Who. It would come back, all right? And... If he, if he could do it and he got the, the, the gang all together again, you know, hopefully he'd kill Keller, but whatever. 
Um, we can hope. But yeah. It, yeah. Um, Perry me and Dad were the original yeah. creator of Stargate with the movie with um, Kurt Russell. Um, got the rights back, and they're going to do a sequel to the original movie that will totally based obliterate the, the TV canon. And yes, um, it will make wrote. SG-1, Atlantis, and Universe non-canon in the Stargate universe. Yep. As far as Paramount is concerned, and as far as they're concerned. And I think it's monumentally disrespectful to the fandom. I think it's disrespectful mm-hmm. to the actors involved in SG-1 and Atlantis, and fuck everybody in the universe. Um, <laughs> oh, man. But, um, hey, I, just, sent, I sent my um, group out to die. In a universe, in a universe, okay? I just, um, it is, you know, honestly, they have disrespected us for the last time, and I'm I'm not going to know, mm-hmm. because they wanted a new, young, hipper audience for Stargate. <laughs> I'm glad that worked out for them so well. Mm-hmm. And fuck them. And I'm just not going to, no, fuck it all, fuck it. I got my I got my head cannon, and I can write on that shit, and my characters never age or get old. <laughs> and yeah, everybody's you so up, pretty. You said a couple different ways to get that, to get around that particular issue. Or know? do whatever the hell I really... want. Smooth it. Hand yep. wave of destiny. And yeah, I don't need those bitches anymore. I no, no longer need those bitches. No, it's um and I'm not watching the movies. My husband's actually looking forward to them. I haven't stabbed him yet. Really? But he liked the books. He liked the books. He's terrible. Really? He's terrible. You know, I I I honestly think it's probably a good thing that yours and mine will never get together and I will never meet yours because I will probably sit there and throw marshmallows at him because he have a shitty taste in inappropriate movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's just—it's so terrible, right? He's currently my husband is currently watching um, Babylon Five, and he is watching it in um, in order. He's watching the the movies and the series in order that they would have taken place, not their air order. Um, I think he's in season three or season four. Jesus, talk about then. That was just yeah. Um. It is distressing that that mm-hmm. that whole Stargate thing. It's it's distressing and it's disrespectful to the fans. And um, I'm done. I'm I'm not going to um, watch the movies. The worst. I hope that they fail spectacularly. The worst thing about yeah, me too. The worst thing about the 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 stuff that these two want to do, the the original producers writers of Stargate, instead of having that beacon of hope that SG One gave us, where yeah, we lost Charay, um, and and shit got real, and it was bad. They still managed to go out and explore, and and you know, um, make friends, make enemies, make more friends, trip over their feet, do stupid shit. You know, but they they weren't. The books are basically the Americans colonize outer space and due to the, to the people of, um, I can't remember the name of the planet, uh, Shari's planet, what we did, Abydos, what we did to the Indians on North America. It's it's terrible. It's, it's it's, a horror. It's, it's terrible. And I, I, you know, there's no reason why I would watch something like that. I mean, I just, Mm -mm. no, 
No. It was, it um, was very depressing. Yeah. Okay. So on to the next thing. Um, we do, let's see, there's Dirty Dancing, there's, uh, somebody mentioned Zena. Are we doing that too? Or thinking about that one? I heard they were going to do, um, they were thinking about, you know, I hope it's not a reboot. I, I hope they have more respect for Xena's fans than that. Mm-mm. The actresses are just in Mm-mm. their 40s. They still look great. Um, it's a reboot? Certainly not. Apparently. Okay, good. That, that would be terrible. It would just be just like a slap in the face. Apparently it's a reboot. Who? Starting over from... Who the hell's going be playing them? No, no. On behalf that, of the that Zena fans, sacred, like that sacred, that sacred sixteen to twenty-five male bracket. Well, that can keep it. Those mm-hmm. assholes don't have any money that doesn't belong to their parents. By the way, I know. Um, I know. Anyways, anyway, just, that's all. I don't even watch Zena, and I'm mad on their behalf. Just fuck y'all, y'all. Fuck all that. Hey, <laughs> just all. Think of all the shows that we watched as kids. Okay, can you imagine somebody trying to redo Mash? All right, Ugh. or you know, I, I grabbed it Barney Miller when I used it in one. Um, I can't see that one being redone. I can see the Sentinel being redone. I could, I could get with the Sentinel being rebooted. Um, I would be on board with a continuation of MacGyver. Maybe with his nephew or, you know, a nephew or a cousin or a son or a daughter. You know, a daughter would be awesome. Enough time has passed, we might actually be in the grandkid range. Yeah. That would be kick-ass. That would be Mm -hmm. kick-ass. Because um, I would like that. I, um, Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that has potential. Not a reboot, but a continuation. Like a, mm-hmm. this is MacGyver's daughter, and even like the original MacGyver could be like in charge of the Phoenix Foundation. Yeah, first you got to sell it to to um, Richard Dean Anderson because he's because he's the one who, you know, would have to get back in front of a camera to do it. Yeah, yeah. but it would, it, would, it would just be really cool. It would just be you know really awesome and cool. That's that's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. Um, yeah. Who else? I'm looking over at my list of, of stuff that I've got over here. Um, I don't think they'll ever redo Farscape. There's no way. I would be I would be stabbing people. Oh my god, that would be. Oh, don't even go. I can't believe you brought it up. Oh. Yeah. Well, I think that one will be a more continuation because it's the values of the the parent company, and they're not that ridiculous. Um. You think we're going to get a have red three? It would be a, a spectacularly accurate and makes sense continuation and not that ridiculous treatment that I read where Aaron and John left their kid on Earth oh, yeah, by himself. Thing. What For the fuck? Sake. Are you serious? Because the kid's uh-huh. half alien. They just left it. No. But, oh, I want to, oh, that's so fucking stupid. That's and Aaron would pa- not leave her child. No. Mm-mm, they went to war for him. They wouldn't leave him behind. That makes no sense. Nope. Anyways, <clears throat> but if they rebooted Farscape. I'd fucking lose my mind. I, I just, I'm just no. 
I would rather they do another made-for-TV movie thing or miniseries, and I'll be perfectly happy to sit there and and watch it all the way through and just make all the noises. Um, We've already got, what, two, three Supermans. We've got, I don't know how many Batmans. Um, There's umpteen different X-Men. Um The Avengers, I'm going to actually pass. I, I don't want to watch the new one. I'm not Civil watching War is Captain, not... I'm, I'm Captain America Civil War. I probably will not yeah. watch um, Avengers in Infinity War either. Um, I don't know why they had to go there. Uh, because the cartoons did. Not cartoons, but the... No, the, but, um, but see, that was just one arc of comic books. There were other arcs. They did not do that. They didn't have to go in that direction. And they've also screwed the pooch on a lot of what happened in the comics. Pepper doesn't end up with Tony Stark in the comics. She ends up with somebody else who she cheats on. Happy. Um, uh, The Mandarin was Mm -hmm. actually a real, real legitimate villain. So, no, they didn't Mm -hmm. have to do the Civil War. They just chose to. And I don't appreciate it, and I'm not going to watch it. Well, here's the thing with, with the Mandarin, though, okay? Um, the one that we saw, I'm sorry, he played, you know, really stupid really well, but looking at him and how he's reacting, there's no there's no saying that, you know, him being a moron isn't just him trying to snow everybody. Um, we can hope, but I don't think so. I think it was just badly written bullshit. Uh-huh. <sighs> And it's also the last Iron Man movie, movie we're going to get, at, at least with, with, with RDA as um, the lead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Fuck you. I can't believe you did that shit to us. <laughs> hmm The double bird. RDJ is absolutely fantastic. Oh, hey, do we have a new Sherlock? I mean, I know we've got the, for, for the, the BBC Sherlock people, there's the Christmas special, which is the, the um, Victorian one. Um uh, let's see. We got Sherlock Holmes three, which I think IMDb has nothing. Not yet. There was Not talk, yet. and there was then it was no, and then there was more talk, but we haven't gotten an announcement yet. So yeah. I would hope so. I would like to. Um, Those two, Jude Law and and and. Um, RDJ are just gorgeous together, just because they play off each other so well. It's an awesome. I mean, I I really enjoyed the the movie version of Sherlock Holmes. Um, mm-hmm. I, I would like to see more. It was great. Um, <clears throat> I I think they're just fabulous. They're just oh, actually the 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 funniest scene ever in the in the the duo of movies is the is the scene with Sherlock and his lovely blue eyeshadow. Puffing away <laughs> <with pipe. laughs> oh God, he! Uh, no, I just, no, I'm I'm really unhappy with with a lot of what's happening in the MCU, and um, I enjoy Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy, and I'll probably watch a sequel to that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I didn't watch the Ant Man. Um, my husband bought it. Uh, I just have no interest in that either. Um, I'm not I mean, sure if I'm getting like um burned out on the concepts or. It's just just plain irritation at the direction that they're heading, and I really well, didn't I appreciate Black Widow's character being reduced to a love interest. Oh, God! Yeah, 
Honestly, I would have preferred if they'd made Tony Stark the love interest. <laughs> you know? That would have been more interesting. It was just frustrating. It was really frustrating to have the only really, you know, prominent female character in the franchise reduced to a love interest. And I'm just, I'm Mm -hmm. just, I want to stab people over it. Not literally, not really FBI, if you're listening. Um, Or NSA, whoever's listening, I don't really mean it. I'm not going to stab anybody. I'm just, it's just really frustrating. And um, Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about Doctor Strange. I mean, I kind of want to see it, but... Do I want to get invested because they're just going to screw me again and um, not in a good way and then any buy me dinner first? I mean, I'm just, um, I don't know. Yeah. I could have at least gotten an appetizer. That's all I'm saying, Marvel. Mm-hmm. Things, we, yeah, lots of things we watched in the 70s and 80s. Um, God, things that I, I, mm, Oh God! Please tell me. Um, what is that other one that that Shatner did? Um, T.J. Hooker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can reboot. They can reboot. Um, uh, Spencer for Hire. That'd be awesome. I would love a, a, a reboot of Spencer for Hire. It'd be uh, great. Tech War. That's another one that was that was in the nineties. That was. Oh, they God. should reboot. Um, what's that show that had James Garner in it? Um, it was a cop show. Um, um, um Files, God. something Files. Um, yeah, Rockford Files. Rockford Files. Rockford they should Files. reboot the Rockford Files and cast Joe Flanagan. Oh my God, he would be great in that. Wouldn't it be awesome? I might actually watch TV then. <laughs> yeah. Just, just, just imagine it. Just, it would be so awesome. Oh wow! Oh god! No, Airwolf is. <sighs> I'm not that turned on by by um, helicopters anymore. You know? I think that. Um, Airwolf only worked in its time period because um, mm-hmm. now if somebody was running around in a rogue helicopter, they would snipe his ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. You betcha. <laughs> um, if we're if we're going with a patriot Perry missile, Mason, he a patriot missile shut yeah, up no his shit. ass pretty damn quick. Harry Mason, not so much. We've got a lot of courtroom procedurals, so I'm not real worried about that one. I like you know I, if, that would be kind of fun. Magnum mm-hmm. PI was oh, Michael Wesley. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does he need to leave NCIS and go do Magnum oh, for us. Okay. That would be awesome. It would be great. He could totally yeah. pull off all those Hawaiian shirts. Yes, he but could. But no, hey, I am um, like totally on board with this Rockford Files, Joe Flanagan thing. I am like, we need to do like a petition. It would be awesome. Um, as a, uh, another thing that, that potentially reboot. I'll, and we finally may actually have the tech to be able to pull it off as live action. Did you ever read um, any or watch any of the Robotech stuff? When I was very little, yeah. Yeah. I watched those, the, the cartoons. They were not like anything else I was watching because, I mean, we had um, G.I. Joe. We had Transformers, which we have G.I. Joe and Transformers. 
And, you know, those two stuff happened, but it didn't stick. And in Robotech, it's, you know, somebody got hurt, they got hurt. You know, they got, they got, they died, you know, in some cases. Um, I can't see Michael Weather, um, Weatherby as Remington Steel Dirk. He's just not slick enough. No, but you know who would make, a, make an awesome Remington Steel? Who? That, that pretty dude from White Collar. Oh, yeah, he would. Yes. Matt Boomer. Yes, yeah. Yeah. That would be an awesome Remington Steel. Oh, yeah. Reboot. Reboot, Sequest. Sequest DSV. That's it's about time for it anyhow. You think about it. I like Sequest. Um, I think it kind of jumped the shark. Several times. Yeah. With the shark a couple times, too. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Jesus. I would love creepiest... to see a live-action Johnny Quest. It, uh, they would have to do yes. some work on that, though, to kind of um, get rid of the... Um, um, the culturally insensitive part. Yes, yes. <laughs> There'd be some that would have to be redone. Yes, the creepiest <laughs> DSV or the creepiest DSV episode I have ever seen was the one with the sunken ship and the ghost, and it looked at you, and the and the and it, it freaked me out. <laughs> that was the creepiest episode. I don't remember that. Scooby Doo. Oh, you'll find it. That was a creepy We got Scooby Doo. It was terrible. They, yeah. they can't be trusted with Scooby Doo. We, we, yeah. we have to be careful with our stuff, and and they weren't careful with that. Oh, you know well, what? I'm in the holograms too. We need an we need an Adams Family Three is what we need. The problem is, is I think they jumped the shark in two with with Adams Family. No. Alien Nation. Oh God. Alien Nation. Awesome! It would be great. That would, that would be awesome. Um, Alien Nation, from what I remember that they were hinting at towards the end, it was really starting to get interesting and tying back because, you know, it was it was really weird, really, really, really weird. Yeah. Um, Let's see, what are some of the other really good weird ones? Oh, God, V for t- for the third time. We had V. That one was, and, um, that was, we had one and two on V. Did it? Yeah. yeah. Huh? It was crazy. It didn't, but, it, but it didn't do well in the um, the reboot they just did, so, so they probably won't try. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we, are getting a mystery, we are getting a new mystery theater. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't, I don't know. know. You know, some things. But I, but I really do. I am totally on board with this Rockford Files and Joe Flanagan. I am. I am super on board with that. And um, Magnum PI, Michael <laughs> Weatherby, totally on board with that too. Night Court. Um, oh God, Night Court. Night Court. Funny. Oh, there's very few episodes of that I actually liked. Um, but I remember that when I, when I would go buy it, it would be funny. Um, please God, don't redo the Golden Girls. Let those ladies stay <laughs> enshrined in, in, in their there, own there loveliness. There are things that I think are sacred. The Golden Girls and Designing Women are amongst them. 
Uh-huh. Yes, well, that's because you're an honorary sugar baker. <laughs> or maybe not so honorary. I don't know. My Moonlighting. favorite girl was actually Rose. Um, because she was so sneaky about it. <laughs> she was terrible. And she was real. And you know half that shit she was making up. She was just making it up. And... Oh, it was great. I loved all of her St. Olaf stories. It was fucking awesome. Um, She's the only one. Betty White's the only one left. Moonlighting. I think moonlighting um, is the reason that we don't get a lot of our ships today. Because the theory is is that when they got together, it ruined the show. And a lot of shows don't want to do the moonlighting route. Here, come on, Mrs. King. Scarecrow, Scarecrow Mrs. Mrs. King. King. I fucking loved Scarecrow and Mrs. King. That was fucking ah. awesome. Yes. That was that was my favorite. I watched that thing. I remember pretty much watching it from beginning to end and screaming Bloody Blue Murder at the end of the last episode and just being so pissed off. Oh, I was pissed off. What what happened in the last episode? I, I blocked it out. Um... Amanda got, they were in a car accident. The baby either was lost, disappeared, was adopted out by their bosses. I don't remember, but it was horrible. Yeah. It was not cool. Um, I need to rewatch Strucker and Mrs. King because I'm like, yeah. I like totally block that out. I wonder if it's on Netflix. Yep. <laughs> I did get really excited because there was a new series for Midsummer Murders. I fucking love Midsummer Murders. There was a new series mm-hmm. recently put on Netflix. It was lovely. I loved it. Um, they had a baby. It was very cute. It was very sweet. Yeah. Um. You know, Man from Uncle. The Magnificent Seven. Oh, now, real quick, would we be doing the Western version of Mag 7, or would we be doing the ATF version that is the fandom um, uh, thing that we've got going? Because, honestly, I like the fandom one better than I like the original. I don't know. Because the the original version, or or, correction, the, the movie version and the show that they did were Old West. Mm-hmm. Fandom went. Fuck it. Let's give. Let's let's pull these guys into into the twenty twentieth and twenty first century and put them in the ATF. And they were in Denver. And I really like that one because it kind of fits them too. What there was a show that was on. It was from Canada. That was about a SWAT team. Um, it was really good. I really Flashpoint. I really enjoyed Flashpoint. It's really good. Huh. There are three seasons of Scrapper Mrs. King on Amazon. Uh, apparently, the ATF group is actually winning so far for for uh, um, Mag Seven. I'll take it. <laughs> It'll be fun. I mean, I don't know. Just you know, I just wish they would stop uh, rehashing terrible ideas and start rehashing some good ones. <laughs> That's all I'm asking. Oh shit! For. <laughs> I don't want to see. I don't. I don't want to know. Whose bright idea it was to do Gem and the Holograms? Why? 
It's not so much that they did Jim and the Holograms. It's what they did to Jim and the Holograms. That's the fucking that's problem. Jim. Why couldn't they just... Move it up and make it into, you know, a live action? Do what it was. What, they why did, did they have to, like... They did He-Man, and they did She-Ra, and it was horrifying. <sighs> Dolph Lundgren is, it was cute in his day, but he was not He-Man. Here's my thing about She-Ra and He-Man. Am I the only one that didn't realize they were siblings? Uh, it took me a while in the in the cartoon to realize it. Because when I was a little kid, I had no idea they were brother and sister. None. I had no idea. So, um, as a little kid, I totally shipped that. And I, now I feel terrible. Because <laughs> they're brother mm-hmm. and sister. I didn't know. It was like when I accidentally shipped Luke and Leia for like a whole five minutes until I turned on Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi. <laughs> and freaked out. <clears throat> it's so terrible. Accidental incest uh-huh. shipping is just, it's a terrible crime. Oh, God. Yeah, but that one, you know, we we can be, for at least three years out of our very impressionable childhood, we can be forgiven for the fact that we didn't know because there was no clue. Right, exactly. I just didn't know. I didn't know any better. Yeah. Now, okay, we as the show is, is winding down, I've, I've got 12 minutes left, I do yeah. want to speak about something that happens in fandom, and it bothers the pure fuck out of me. Um. There was a movie over the summer that came out. It was the number one movie in America. It was the number one movie on the fucking planet for a couple of weeks, for all I know. You might have heard of it, Jurassic World. And here's uh-huh. what happened in Slash fandom. Because there was oh, only one adult male in this movie that was, you know, prominent. <sighs> okay. A large portion of the fandom that sprung up around this movie, decided to make him a pedophile. Now, I don't care how you phrase it or what you think you're talking about and what you think you're writing, but if you're shipping Owen with either one of those boys, you've turned a character that you actually like into a fucking pedophile. And that's not even to count the two, the the people who ship the brothers. Okay? Because... Zach is like 16 and Gray is under the age of 10. Do you do you realize oh, Honestly, yeah. I actually prefer to people ship Owen and Blue and Blue was the fucking velociraptor that I do you putting this grown man with one of those kids. What the fuck is wrong with you fandom? I am I'm really really unprepared to make allowances for you and not pass judgment. Um, if you write pedophilia, if if you write pedophilia, I think you're disgusting, and I'm not sorry. And um, if it hurts your feelings, I'm not going to apologize. And if you read pedophilia, and pedoph- and that stuff kind of turns you on, that makes you a pedophile. But whether you touch kids or not, when you are sexually excited with that kind of thing, that makes you a pedophile whether you ever abuse a child or not. You have pedophilia. And since I only tend to write the kind of sex that turns me on, which is why I don't write force or dub con or rape or anything like that, um, I have to wonder what the fuck is going on in these writers' heads. 
Mm, I don't know. <clears throat> the the I will admit I've read um, some stuff in the Jurassic fandom. Um, the last one I read was Owen basically is at this point he's basically ace. I don't think he's ever going to have a human partner. He's the um, pack leader of of the four Velociraptors, and there is there's nobody else tucking in. I mean, they, they, the author commented that he and Claire had gone out on a date and it was basically two people who were having dinner together. And that's all the oomph that there was to it. There, there wasn't anything else. And it's, um, it's really interesting insofar as how, you know, this human and four really ancient type lizards were integrating as a pack, but that's... You know, there wasn't anything else going on, and that's why I liked it. It, it didn't make me switch. So, yeah. Um, keep talking for a minute. I have to put you on hold. Okay. All right. I, I'm, I'm um, on hold. You keep talking. Okay, you have fun. Um, as far as, as the rest of it goes, I can't see, I can't see Owen doing anything with those kids as anything other than a mentor and maybe making sure that they can run fast enough to actually get up a tree so that way they don't die next time something gets out. Um, no, but you know, it's not just Jurassic World that does this. I, What really set me off is earlier today I was on Facebook, and every once in a while I'll get um, recommendations for groups. And one of them is a Snary group, and it has this drawing yeah. of Snape and Harry as a very young boy in his school uniform, um, serving him tea in a very suggestive expression on his face. It's it's obviously um, slashy. Uh, and I've got a real problem with that. I've got a real problem with pedophilia in fandom. Um, I, I... I've got a you know? real real problem with it. I it really fucking bothers me and um You remember how I said that I don't like rum? At this point I think I'm gonna make an exception. Next time Oh god rum. I want rum. I mean, oh, um, so god. I I hit X on the recommendation, obviously I'm not gonna join that group. Um but um it just it really bothers me this um the the mm-hmm. pedophilia in, in Harry Potter and in Jurassic World and I just it makes us look. I think it paints the whole the whole fandom as a as a whole with this ugly brush, you know. That because mm-hmm. in Jurassic World specifically, because there was really no one else. I mean, there was no other prominent male character. That the the assumption is is that slash fan writers um, had no choice but to make Owen a pedophile. There's there's lots of other choices. There's the other there's there was another the other thing, trainer and, and there was male. the guy yeah. in the in the thing. Or there's OCs. You can make your own character. Or there's Claire. Mm-hmm. You don't have to write Slash. But but uh-uh. it, yeah no Mm-mm. that automatic jump to the second prominent male character, which is Zach. Um, not happening. 
it really, really bothers me. And what bothers me more is to get wrecked pedophilia. And um, I mm-hmm. was wrecked pedophilia. I was um, Someone was reading um, Darkly Lowell and suggested that I read a um, scenario story um, because it was about um, a time-traveling um, Harry Potter who gets sorted into Slytherin. And um, I'm not going to give you um, any details. You can look it up. I'm, I'm just. I'm, I'm not going to. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I clicked on it and I was reading it, and it was okay. This is making sense. And he was he was in his 20s when he went, went back in time, and he gets sorted in his other da da da. Um, and then I get to a scene where basically an 11 year old Harry Potter, time traveling or not, seduced his head of house. Oh. Pearl. Now, no Pearl. matter how old Harry was mentally, two things. Snape didn't know it. And Snape mm-hmm. found an 11-year-old Harry Potter attractive enough to fuck. Well, there's another reason why I want to kill a little fucker. So I wrote the person who wrecked me this, and I said, I can't fucking believe you wrecked me pedophilia. And she says, oh, it's not pedophilia because Harry's time-traveling. Snake doesn't fucking know that. He had sex with an 11-year-old. What the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you fucking... I I was so mad. I cussed them out. I'm not going to lie. I I must have used the word fuck 15 times in that email, and that email was like four sentences long. I mean, I was just like livid. So... If you're listening to this and you get the idea that you might like to um, wreck me something, be aware that if your wreck makes me mad, I'm going to cuss you out. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's uh, that's pretty and much guaranteed. Maybe hurt your feelings, and I'm not going to care if I hurt yeah. your feelings. And on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed my first radio show for... Over a month, and mm-hmm. um, I did. I tomorrow's Friday. Yes, it is. We'll do another show tomorrow. You guys, no, wait a second. Have, no, today, tomorrow is not Friday. Tomorrow is Thursday. Sorry. I I'll do one on Friday, but probably not tomorrow because um I'm gonna get back into doing the small shows during the week, but not until after the holiday. So it'll probably just be a couple times a week until after Christmas. So, anyways, Works for me. you guys have a great evening, and I'll check you out later. All right. Have a good day, guys. Bye-bye.